Today's episode of Spike's Car Radio is sponsored in part by Collecting Cars, CollectingCars.com. This week, the team at Collecting Cars are going straight in with the big guns by telling you about the 1990 Ferrari F40, which is currently live for bids. As every automotive enthusiast knows, the F40 is a true performance icon, and this example has only covered 5,900 miles from new uh bidding ends wednesday november 9th which is today so go there they also have this lovely 996 gt3 cup car this example was raced in the 2003 german carrera cup championships by none other none other than mike rocky rockenfeller how about that check out both those cars and more on collectingcars.com Uh, Lots of cool vehicles currently listed for sale there. Okay, let's start the show. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. album love this album growing up do you remember the entry point to this album for most folks 1976 the song i was one so i do not remember that but go ahead uh, sir duke huh? sir duke the top 10 hit tribute to duke ellington and all the jazz greats i think duke ellington had passed away a few years before but this album jeez Still, one of my favorite all time. It's got Pastime Paradise on it. Listen to this, Johnny. Mm. So, 76, I'm 12 years old, thinking about what am I doing? And uh, this album was a very big influence over my musical life. And I you're thought, blowing a lot of people's minds right now because this is uh, Gangster's Paradise. I know. And Amish Paradise. This is, album is so good. Of course, there was this, there was uh, Sir Duke somewhere on here. This guy. This was the hit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember when you were a little kid, you go, This is my favorite song. You fight with your brother and says, No, it's my favorite song. And there was Sir Duke. I don't know why. There was. Uh, this was big at bar mitzvahs. This was a big. Uh, and here's a good one. Get him on the dance floor. Yeah. Here's a good one for today. The Wednesday after election day. <laughs> Love's in need of love today. Who knows? Now it's you and I are sitting here on a Saturday. Election day is Tuesday. Everybody's kind of nervous. Like, what the hell's going to happen? Yeah, what is gonna, <laughs> I am a little nervous. <laughs> well, just listen to Stevie Wonder. Mm. Stevie Wonder said of this of all albums that this is when he was truly happiest and says it's one of his favorite, if not his favorite album. But 
He had Young Kids. What an album. Oh, man. I remember coming out here and meeting a friend who was in the record uh, business and not being around a lot of music in New York. I guess a fair amount, but not, you know, when you come out to Hollywood, you think about music, the Capitol building. I was in this recording studio. And my friend said, that piano, he rec- uh, that's the Stevie Wonder's piano. He recorded songs from songs in the key of life on it. I went, oh my God. Yeah. That, I, I, one time, an old band of mine, we were in, I forget the name of the studio, but it was where Michael Jackson recorded Thriller. Ah. They're like, that board, that's the same board. And he's like, Quincy Jones is at the board. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jackson is right where you're standing. We're like, whoa. Our buddy uh, owns the Village Recorder here in on the west side, Jeff Greenberg, who's a friend of the show uh-huh. and a Porsche uh-huh. friend. And he, he'll he bring us over the studio and go, uh, yeah, this board right here. This board right here. Zeppelin, Stones, Goathead Soup, you know, it, yeah, it's Steely wild. Dan. It's wild. He goes, you want to hear Steely Dan's album on the board, through the board it was recorded on? You're like, <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. And you just sit there and have these magical moments. Um, it's pretty impressive what human beings have done with music. <laughs> yeah, it is. Isn't it? it is. I was playing, I had this morning jazz playlist playing this morning. And I'm listening to this very kind of calming, quiet jazz to try to make me a better human for the day. It never works, but at least I have a moment of peace. And I was just thinking about, wow, the caveman, we start as cavemen and somehow we got to that complicated core change. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. And then this device and those things, it, uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's fun to see how far we've come as a, as a race. A good observation, and how yesterday I think it all blew up, but but <laughs> we don't know yet. But, <laughs> but it is. I'm ho- I'm hoping everybody gets along and we all get back together. You know what I think could really help this, and yeah, I don't mean everybody to be, listens, and to I don't TV mean Wonder. to be political here, but let me just say this. Urgh. If the Martians do attack us, I yes. think we would all come together. <laughs> I think it's going to need a Martian attack. I don't think there would be that many Martian apologists who would say, come on, the Martians. Yes, they may have destroyed England and Australia, but the Martians, there wouldn't be that many of them. I, I think we could all probably unite around the world against the Martians. Nah, a third of us would be into it. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, let's talk about cars. Cars. Uh, Zuckerman uh, sends his love to all of you. He's back uh, at the nursing home in New Jersey. We wish him well. He's taking care of his mom. Come here, you little short fingered maggot. It's my maggot, son. Come over here. I rented you a closet to sleep in. What do you? Why do you look like that? Where's your hair? Your Where's, beautiful hair. Where'd your beautiful hair go? <laughs> you look like Dr. Evil. Um, we wish him well, though. Of course. He doesn't listen to the show, so it doesn't, That's it right. doesn't quite. That's right. We should keep going then. <laughs> sure, I'll do Mrs. Zuckerman all day. <laughs> and uh, we wish her well. I heard she started listening to the show once oh, we started no, really? talking to her. Oh, yes. no, poor thing. And, poor and, thing. And, and surprisingly, she's not like how we portray her. I thought for sure we were accurately portraying her, but nope. Oh, interesting. Like a I very know nice idea. woman. Well, yeah. Okay, wonderful. Um, well, good. Anyway, so it's me and Johnny. We're in Brentwood. We're in my backyard. We have these uh, quiet conversational shows uh, every once in a while. and uh, and uh, Smoking lovely cigars. Yeah, I'm having a cigar, Hoyo, number two. You've mm-hmm. got what? Oh, my tatuaje. It's a new one. Uh, Kojinu 2015. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a long time since he's released one of these. Last one was 2012. The, the year has nothing to do with uh, the actual time of release, but this is a new one. It is... So good. I'm going to have to give you one of these. It's so good. 
I love that. I love that brand. I'm just a big a fan. You but can, you can I, see the minerals popping off the wrapper. It's just so it's good. a damn good cigar. I've been trying to, you know, for those cigar smokers, we have a pretty good out here in LA. We have mostly warm weather, and the cigar smoking season for me is always about warm evenings in my backyard or uh, or with friends outside, not freezing. And uh, a good cup of coffee or a drink and a cigar and good conversations. Though this time of year in November, it starts to get cold. I, I mean, damn, last night was like 68 degrees. Oh. I was freezing. Oh. I was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, I'm joking and I'm not joking. I mean, it's 74 right now. Yeah, and I'm close. cold. <laughs> I didn't wear my, I didn't wear my Patagonia because everybody makes fun of me when I wear my down jacket in the middle of the day when it's heavy, but I do need it. I don't know why I do need it. Anyway. Yeah. The, Cigar, the daytime cigar, I'm excited that you and I are smoking, but it's still kind of in the middle of my day. Right. Right. I'm going to play tennis after this with the cigar well, in my body. It just makes it, you know, it's like, uh, it's like you're handicapping yourself a little bit. It makes it that much more of a challenge. Yeah. No, I think I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. Or at the very least, the heart's going to stop and that'll be <laughs> the end of it. Well, what a way to go. Right? And I've also been hearing that... Uh, and my teacher told me this. He says, start wearing long pants. And I said, why? He goes, you got to keep those calf muscles warm. This is this is the season you get injured. Because this is the first. Right. I've only been playing tennis hard for a little bit, about a year. But uh, honestly, when it got cold last year, we kind of slowed down a lot. And, let, uh, and now you're into it. Thursday night, we went out with our friends. You know, there's two or three dads and six or seven kids who were playing tournaments. And it was uh, it was, I think, 48 that night. In the in the hills up above Bel Air there, and yeah. we're out there playing, but you do feel it the next day, right, right? Right? Yeah, you do feel it. It's cold, and your muscles are cold. And I, I and might... I bought that Theragun thing. Oh, and yeah, it works. It it does for most things. There are other things it won't work for, but it's pretty great for your your knees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I might be getting roped into that. We had uh, at the soccer game this morning. One of the moms was trying to get us to join her country club. So Richard, you should play join. Tennis. Well, that's the first thing I said to her. I that's said, oh, every country club mom. And I said, do they let Jews join this country club? Because if they and do, it's probably Jewish not. Dad. It's pr probably not a good country club if they're going to let me join. But um, that's the Groucho Marx feeling. It is. But uh, I be part know. of any club that would have me as a member. Yeah. Well, but also, I mean, you know, really, a country club should not have <laughs> any Jews. You know. So what are you talking about? You never heard that? Like it was. It, you, they, well, not they, no. I mean, there are pre predominantly Jewish country. Clubs, sure, one right of course. down the street here. No, no, no. But that was a big thing back in the day. Was yeah, you, no, you back in couldn't the day. have Jews yes. join. But that's not the problem here. All right. No, no, no. Here's joke. the problem. A joke. Oh, you, go you, got, you got hair on your mic uh, thing there. You might want to pull off. Gopher. That looks like dog hair. Yeah, I would yank hair. that up. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, don't join a tennis club unless you're going to play tennis. We went through this. We joined. It, this happens to every family with young kids as right. they start to get a little bigger. Either that you end up. At least our experience was you try to force this on them. And then they hate tennis, and it took years to kind of get back, come back from that. And if you don't play, then you're just paying paying bills that you don't need to be paying. So we picked up Richard from school, and the the, the gym coach comes. And they're going to make out. him cut his hair, by the way. If no, he'll tie tennis. it back. He'll tie it back. Come on. And uh, gym coach comes out and like, your son is naturally talented at baseball. Like, yes. Baseball? He's never even seen baseball. What do you mean? He goes, this kid can hit a ball. And it turns out he's That's good at hitting stuff. So we're like, well, how do you channel that? Because, you know, if he hits his friends, they go into the fetal position, and that's no good. Um, so, well, what tennis, are you saying? 
Tennis would be good. No, he's good at baseball. They're saying have him play baseball. That's definitely better. Yeah, but baseball just <laughs> ended. There's no there's no baseball for months. There's year round baseball. You can play year round baseball out uh, here. Anyways, he's it, it, we're thinking about the tennis. No, no, no. <laughs> baseball. Okay. Look, there's two distinct four. We're going to talk about cars in a minute because we have a GT4 RS in the driveway, which we is do. an amazing thing. However, just this is uh, very important, Johnny, and I feel like I must help you with that. The uh. The, the there's a fork in the road in every young sportsman's life between baseball and tennis. The two do not coexist. I just spent a good year and two months of my life unlearning baseball to play tennis. Right. And when uh, you know we we were on the uh, on the courts uh, over the summer with uh, our friends, uh, college age kid who plays baseball, it was hilarious to watch. He's he's trying to hit home runs. With, <laughs> yeah. with, you can't. They <laughs> right, they right, don't. Right. You know, there's an elegance and a choreography right. to tennis that baseball is just brutish attacking of the ball. They don't go. They don't go hand in hand. Look, so. you know, you've seen Richard in action. Like he he's a natural. I like the idea that Richard is a baseball player. That's great. But he's a natural defensive end. But my wife won't let him play football ever. So he's good. Gotta, he's got to get something. Why would you want him to do that? I loved it. That was the one. You know, it was so fun. we're going over that this morning. Like you know, I played baseball. I hated it. I played soccer. I hated it. I was terrible at basketball. Everything. Thing. The second it was like, yeah, you can run as hard as you want and smash people and knock them down. I was, I was good. I excelled at football. You know, that was just so you sport. played football. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Then maybe that's what we're dealing with here. CTE with yeah, you. Could be maybe. CTE. Yeah. Come in and I talk. We sidebar about this all the time. We go, what's wrong with Johnny? We like Johnny, but something's off. It's, it's a Herschel it's, Walker deal. It's that I, I think it was. I think it was the drug abuse when I was in New York. No, no, we've all done that. That's, oh, that's I, all fine. I mean, Zuckerman and I sidebar about you plenty. Zuckerman and I have never played football. Okay, never took direct hits to the head. I never. I, I played the center. I was hitting. I wasn't taking hits. You never were knocked down and knocked out. Oh, um, I had the, uh, no. I win knocked out. I mean, never a head thing. No, definitely, definitely. All right. Had some We've already done 14 minutes. We wow. have not gotten to any part of our show. Cars, also, cars, cars. Uh, before we get there, later on in the show, Barbara Gaines, uh, former producer of Late Night and Late Show with David Letterman. I interview her. Uh, they, they've launched this Letterman YouTube channel, of which I did uh, staff picks. Uh, it finally came out this week, and I'm really excited about that. And I, uh, When she was uh, recording me, I was recording her. Um. So we'll have that interview. Um, but let's do a whole show even before that. It's All fantastic. right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. What um, do we got? What do we got? Uh, let me just do an ad. Get a couple ads. <clears throat> let me just do one ad. Okay. And get that out of the way. Yes. Uh, if we got all great sponsors today. ExpressVPN is back. Did you ever read the fine print that appears when you start browsing incognito mode? It says that your activity might still be visible to your employer, your school, or your internet service provider. How can they even call it incognito? To really stop people from seeing the sites you visit, you need to do what I do and use ExpressVPN. Think about all the times you've used Wi-Fi in a coffee shop, a hotel, at your parents' house. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged by the admin of that network. And that's still true even when you're in incognito mode. I mean, do you really want your parents to see what you've been looking at? No. What's more, your home internet provider can also see and record your browsing data. Data, And in the U.S., they're legally allowed to sell that data, data to advertisers. My Boston accent seems to be coming back as I'm getting older. 
Hey. ExpressVPN works on all your devices and is super easy to use. The app literally has one button. You tap it to connect, and your browsing activity is secure from prying eyes. So stop letting strangers invade your online privacy. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash spike911. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash spike911, to get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash spike911. All right, there's a GT4 RS in the driveway. There is. Which is very, uh, very exciting development. When do you get yours before we talk about this one? Um, I believe our build date is January 20, so... March? I don't know. I don't think it'll take that long. February? We're doing delivery at the Porsche Experience Center uh, with our friends from Burt Smith Porsche in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, I think they're flying out. I th- you're invited. Uh, Zuckerman, of course, will be there. Anybody who wants to come. And I think we're going to take it around the track and have a little fun. And we should do a, a nice, show. Have a nice lunch. Well, let's do a show. Let's do a show. That's a great idea. All right. Why not do that? You're um, going to like this car. Yes. This is much different than I was led to believe. Can I tell you the first piece of this? Yes. I, as everyone knows, I'm always in my office above my garage when I'm home. I heard what I thought was a truck pulling up. <laughs> <laughs> you were a little late, so I didn't know when you were going to show up. And I looked out the window and I saw the GT4 RS and I went, oh, that's that's a race car. That's not a truck. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a purpose built track car. It really, really is. That's what it excels at. It's it, it has no bad manners. I was I was thinking to myself. We we had it at Willow Springs uh, for a couple of days, and I was thinking like, oh, I wish this was my my Pikes Peak race car because the engine just has just balls. It's just a ballsy engine. It's it is the GT3 motor, the current motor. It makes I forget nine horsepower less because the exhaust is a little bit longer because it's mid engine, not rear engine. But big deal because so it it's wa- not it detuned less. in any way. According to Porsche, no, nine horsepower just just from exhaust routing, and that's totally believable. Um, <clears throat> the front end is off the 991.2 GT3, so that was a great car. It's got, oh, wow. Got a great front end. It's Cayman. It's very mid-engine as opposed to rear engine. It's much smaller than a 911. Does this one have a lift? Does it need It has a front end lift. It and does it, have a front end lift. It's glorious because yeah. it, I can get in and out of my house, which yes. is like, that's a bigger And it has that kind of geofencing function on it where you can- It, it may. I've only been in my house once with it, but um, so far I just I took it home last night. But I had a GT4 regular one for Luft, and I scraped the shit out of it because it didn't have a right, front end right, lift right. going in and out of my house constantly. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely um, necessary if you're going to be driving yeah. the city. Is that and um, yeah? So the the one knock on it that everyone kind of privately talks about is that it, it is excruciatingly loud. Now it is excruciatingly loud when you're up around seven thousand eighty five hundred RPM. It just it, what's the red line? Is it nine thousand? It, it is. It's nine. a GT three. Yeah, it's wow. a GT three motor. Wow. And what what I like about it better than one thing I like about it more than a GT three is that the way it's geared, that's PDK only, you're constantly, when you're driving hard on a tracker in the canyons, constantly near red line. With the GT3, I feel a lot of times you got to struggle to get up above seven. You, you know, just because the power delivery, whatever, gearing. This one, you're just always like screaming at 8,000 RPM. It's just, it really takes advantage of the engine, you know? So if you like high revs, this is the one to get. It really Where did you out. take it? We took it to Streets of Willow and we took it up Angeles Crest, <clears throat> up and down. And um, it's, it's, it's just an ideal track car. Uh, we, we were on a kind of a bumpy section of Angeles Crest. It, it, it did good. It wasn't superlative, but it did really well. Um, and it's just, it's just a, a lovely car. And then what I did on the way over here, 
80 miles an hour on the freeway, cruise control set. I listened to music. It was fine. Because, uh, you know, at, that, at, at right, 80, right. it's at like 3,300 RPM. Um, sports talk radio. You can hear the, the, the talking heads, the callers that are on their cell phones. You, you can't hear them at all. So if you like sports talk radio, drive a different car. You can make phone calls. Pretty okay with it. Um, it, this one has the 918 seats, which I think is appropriate for the car. You know, there's you no glass behind the seats. The 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 intake is literally. Is but I mean, seven you can put your hand head. behind it and touch the top of the engine. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. What we what would be the engine? It's yeah. just a case with yeah. some uh, full logo. carbon fiber intake plenums, right. just like an Aston Martin one seven seven. I mean, it's wild. Plenums. Yeah, it's wild. But yeah, intakes on the outside that kind of blow in on top of the engine, but that. They removed the windows, actually, the glass. Yeah, yeah. Quarter glass is yeah. gone, and they're just intakes, and it feeds right in. And it, it, it's that, look, when you're when you're on it at 8,000, the intake noise sounds like you've blown all your tires. It's just really? constantly, yeah, it's just sucking in air right behind your head. You can hear it really That's well. Fun. And then the engine is just, yeah, it's, it's a great-sounding engine. So. And then balance-wise? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's everything a Cayman does really well. You know, it's grippy, wow. grippy, grippy, grippy. It's on the, you know, the the, the uh, Pilot Sport Cup 2 R's. Um, Did you break it loose at all and have a little fun? Yeah, with it? A, li- just a little bit on the I track. I mean, it, it seems it, like a car that you'd easily be able to drift, right? No, not because those tires, tires just hate drifting. Grabby, you know? So yeah. I was just, I was just, you know, trying to run fast laps, and it, it's fantastic. You know, it, it honestly, Spike, it felt like my race car that I drove with an extra hundred horsepower, which is kind of what it is. You know, it's kind of what it is. Like, you know, we were on streets of Willow, so you're not really taking advantage of the arrow. You know, you're, you'll hit 130, maybe 128 on the straights, but in the corners, you're, you know, you're cornering at like 60, 70. So the arrow's not doing much, but, um, just, just excellent. So it's excellent superlative wow. automobile. Yeah. I was, I was impressed. And <clears throat> you could, drive it all over the place and it, it won't make you miserable. I thought it was going to be, because when, you, when you're driving on the track, you hop in and instantly you're going to red line, red line, red line. And I'm like, boy, this is a lot, <laughs> right? This is, wow, I'm exhausted. But then if you just are on the freeway going, it's not bad. So It's not going to be a date night car for sure. I predict Zuckerman will not enjoy it. I think you'll like it a little more than he does. Uh, He's, he, hmm. He, I just have to get him used to the sports seats. It needed the sports seats. It is the personality of the car. It should be a street legal racer. It should be loud and unruly and fun. I'm excited about that part. Yeah. And I never expected to kind of daily this guy. Yeah. I but think I am th- super pumped about it. And then looking at this car, it's very excited. What yeah. is the yellow here on this car? I think that's just uh, uh, speed racer yellow, yellow race or race yellow, yellow whatever. Mm-hmm. Speed, speed yellow, speed yellow. I think. <clears throat> I don't know. The, I'm not the, crazy about the we don't we didn't have a Monroni, but we got the price, so it's 195. Oof. As yeah, as it sits, it's wow, it's, it's a lot of money. It's a 160 base, I think, or is it 140? 160? I don't know. Um, and then you know most dealers are tacking on a hundred thousand dollars, so you're looking at a three hundred thousand dollar Cayman market. Wow, value, which is that's where it gets a little iffy. That's where it's like, whoa, wait a second. But you, you know, when I sat in it, and I haven't driven it, but when I sat in it, I felt like I was in my GT3. And then when I started it and gave it a little gas, I was like, this is a whole new thing. <laughs> very revvy, very light and revvy. More so than the GT3 Touring, which is very surprising. Just felt really tight and nice and, and just a uh, an exciting, different kind of drive. And I think- and they, Like a race car, it should feel. Yeah, right? and I think they were smart. I, I believe 
And I, 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 it's a different transmission because the Cayman transmission is different than the 911 transmission. So because of the way it's geared, like I said, I think it takes a little bit better advantage. It's not as just not as accelerative as the GT3 is. I think just, you know, GT3 gets out of the hole instantly. Yeah. Um, this is more of a high rever, uh, even though it's the same engine, but it's lighter. And it, I don't know. I, I was, I was much more impressed with it than I, than I was expecting to be. Yeah. It's not, it, and it's not just a GT4 with more power. It, it, it's, it's a, it's, there's something really great about it. And it's smaller. Yeah. This was always our plan, which was to have those two cars next to each other, two different kinds of things. Try to make the touring what we thought a standard 911 would be for us. And then have this little deal right there. I would still like you if you guys get another one. I'd still like you to get, get a GT3 one. with a manual because I really think that there's something really wonderful well, about that. Well, we're trying engine. to talk uh, Jerry into that. Okay. So he would have that one. Okay. And then, you know, we're we're we're, we're chasing uh, GT3 RS allocations right now mm-hmm. because we've lost <laughs> our mind over that. So yeah, yeah. things are going to come and go pretty quickly is my prediction. Right. We're right, going to get right. these things, enjoy them, and we spec them out. Uh, so other folks can enjoy them after six or seven months. And, you know, we'll be hopefully moving up and around the food chain to crazier and more fun stuff to talk about on the show. And I think that even though it's like a $300,000 Cayman, I just don't see the values going down, especially with more and more things becoming electrified, like the next Cayman's going to be an EV. I just think this will hold that sort of value. So if, if you're if you're into collecting cars, this is a this is a this is a good one. Collect. Cars. Yes. Yes. Um, speaking of values, yeah, this isn't an ad, um, but since you brought it up, mm. Morgan Stanley, who, as you know, if you know anything about Spike First, and you know he's a very big fan of Morgan Stanley, is that a guy? That. Is it a guy or is it a place? I think it was I don't J.P. Morgan, and then there was a Stanley guy. But um, you know, I love how we're, we're just all looking at the internet. And we all see these same stories. These stories always catch my attention. Uh, prices for a Rolex paddock and Audemars Piguet. Is that how we pronounce that? Close enough. Watches will keep plunging due to the flood of supply, but these three real assets remain scarce and coveted. I think the assets that they were talking about were real estate and farmland or something. I don't know what that means, but of course, I, the watch thing, you got me. Now I'm reading about watches. This is what they feel. Um, and they didn't say anything about cars because that's really where I was going. I was trying to get the car. Where is the car market going? That was not uh, that was not one of the places they were saying. But here, listen to this uh, assessment, their assessment, Mr. Morgan Stanley. The secondhand market for luxury timepieces had a huge bull run over the past few, ye- few years. But according to a recent report by MS using data from watch charts, which tracks real time watch markets, prices of the most sought after watches from top luxury brands not only have dropped significantly, significantly will continue. The most popular Rolex models saw their prices falling 21% since April. Uh, Paddock uh, plunged 19%. And uh, we've noticed a significant increase of watch inventory on the secondary market year to year, uh, which I always consider good news. <laughs> I was just like, good, good time to buy. Christmas good is coming time. up. All Christmas. Christmas here. Yeah, I'm not one of these watch investors. I, I don't care. I like that uh, watches are reasonably priced, even the, the luxury ones, and everybody can afford them. So I was encouraged by that. Um, about As far as cars, <laughs> I feel the same way too. 
you know, yeah. let the, let the price, let, let things get reasonable again. It's getting ridiculous. I mean, you don't want to see people get hurt. So in other words, the people that bought at the top of the market, if like their master plan to like, you know, heat their homes this winter was to sell their civic SI for $50,000 on bring a trailer. Yes. If that plan is falling through, that's sad. I would say, but, it, and I always give this advice just from experience, buy what you love and you don't care if it goes up and down so much. It's, you know, it goes up, you're not selling it anyways, it goes down, at least you love it and you dri- right. you end up driving it more. Right. That's always been my... Yeah, you wind up with a great car. Have you started, started shopping for the holidays yet? No? Why not? You know most gifts don't go bad, right? The only thing that'll go bad between now and December are the crowds at the mall. 12 children screaming, 11 minutes to find parking, 10 Karens Karening. The list goes on. Right now you can shop early, skip the stress, and snag some of the best deals of the season on something everyone will love. Premium audio products from Raycon. Their wireless buds, headphones, and speakers offer premium sound, useful features, an almost custom, comfortable fit, and up to 54 hours of battery life. And as the person gifting them, you've got to love that they start at half the price of other premium audio brands. Plus, Raycon makes it easy with holiday gift guides for everyone in your life. Your mom, your dad, your Zuckerman, your Mrs. Zuckerman, your maggots, your fitness lovers, your gamers... I need earbuds. <laughs> what are these? <laughs> Don't put those in your buttocks, Mom. I'm putting them in my butt. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry, Mrs. Huckman. I know now she's listening to the show. I didn't mean to say that you would put Raycon earbuds in your butt. They're not called ass buds. They're ass buds to me. Now put on the Sabbath. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's what you're into. Raycon's going to be so happy. Anyway... BuyRaycon.com slash Spike911 is where you get your Raycons. All the Ferristons use them, and none of us get along these days, so it's the one thing we all agree. <laughs> Eric is on her fitness bike using Raycons. Jack and James have theirs doing whatever they do with them, and I love them too. I take them everywhere I go. Uh, right now, go to Raycon.com slash Spike911. Use code EARLYBF to get 20% off site-wide. That's 20% off any Raycon product, which almost never happens. Or save even bigger and get 30% off Raycon's exclusive holiday bundles. That's code EARLYBF at buyraycon.com slash spike911. EARLYBF, E-A-R-L-Y-B-F, raycon.com slash spike911. That's a good deal. The uh, the ten Karens Karening was was quite good. That was, that was some good ad copy there. That, yeah, that, that, that was, they're getting better. Hey, or we're getting older <laughs> and laughing at stupid dad jokes. I mean, ten Karens Karening. I don't know. Ten Karens Caroling. No Karening. 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 Yeah. Yep. That was good. Um, I got my series two A back. Mm. I want to thank uh, Martine. A lot of fun. That's your Blue Land Rover. My Blue Land Rover Series 2A 1971. Um, all original interior. Very unoriginal exterior. 100,000 original miles as opposed to 100,000 very unoriginal miles. Uh, one of the Ferriston's favorite vehicles. Um, Kalahari Motorsports, uh, as you know, uh, which is down there by the airport. There, these are the guys. And Martin, my mechanic, I just want to thank him. He uh, he noticed a bunch of funny things about the truck that I hadn't noticed. For instance, the radiator had holes in it, and there was no water in it. 
Uh, you need that. You you think, have I, that. He yeah. told me that I needed it, and I was surprised. He was right. So we record the radiator. Uh, he also noticed uh, two of my brake cylinders were seized <laughs> on opposite sides of the car. Oh, so it left, front, it, right, back. It felt slow and wobbly. So yeah, it you know jerked <laughs> like someone having a seizure when you applied the brakes. <laughs> Jumped off like a crazed squirrel on meth. And now, how is it? Uh, perfect. Oh, great. And uh, my favorite, I mean, he, he, this was so much fun, and he's had it for a little while. Um, well, you know, we'd be in the edit room, and he'd text me a video, and he goes, look at this. <laughs> he goes, uh, this is your steering box attached to your chassis, and everything was loose. So he would turn the wheel, the entire, the, the entire steering box and chassis was not attached to the body everything was loose. I've never seen it before. I was like, oh my God. He goes, no wonder. And, he, and, and then my steering box was loose inside. Everything's been tightened up. Everything's been improved. I've been driving it like crazy around Brentwood here and I'm just in love with it. And uh, then he, he sends me this ex, you know, extremely reasonable bill. I, nice. was, I was bracing for a gigantic bill. Right. Right. And I call him, I go, what's, uh, what's this? He goes, this is honest pricing. <laughs> and I went, oh, and I thought of all the other mechanics in my life who are, are sending me these five and six figure bills. And from, I went, from their pools and their vacation yeah. homes. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy did all this work. Anyway, nothing but love for Kalahari Motorsports. Please do not flood him with work. He, he needs to keep working for us. But he did a uh, oh, fabulous that's awesome. job. That's great to hear. And I'm really... It looks very clean. I like the... He even cleaned it, yeah, too, it looks before good. he turned it in. It looks good. Notably, they did, he did a couple things all mechanics should do. And I don't know if this was just for me or he does this for everyone. But he said, um, I want you to come down and drive it before you pick it up. Don't pick it up today. Come down on a Saturday. Take it around the block. Take it for a little drive. And, and I had a couple of notes. I said, this, this, and that. And then two days later, he said, it's ready to go. But it kind of bypassed all of the, you know, bad surprise, get it home, I get, you got to come back and pick it up, which does right, happen, right. right? Sure, sure. Especially with something old and British. Yeah. <laughs> um, that It was fabulous. But, but I like how it sounds like the majority of the repairs was just tightening existing bolts. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, the engine uh, was a mess. Uh, it had click it needed to be, everything needed to be kind of right. looked at and replaced and tuned up. But that's um, the funny thing with those old Land And Rovers. the steering box needed a lot of help. But like, you know, you were running around with no water in the engine and they'll run. I mean, that's, you know, those things can run in Africa with nothing. They'll run and run. They're, they're bad, but they're... Last time I had put that thing away, it had coolant in it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, and you're right. It never overheated without any water in the engine. Also, that car has broken down several times and I've been able to drive it away from the breakdown. Right, the the uh, the drive shaft broke, and I oh. was able to pop uh, pop it into just all wheel drive, right? Four wheel drive, just going the front, front. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it pulled it out like a you know a guy coming out of the coming off the battlefield in World War One, dragging himself up. missing a leg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All's quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, I watched, I watched that. Horrifying. It took me three nights to get through it. That's not. It's not a happy film. 
Well, the first thing you got to get over, of course, is I really you're going to make me watch this through the Germans' perspective. Well, there, well, it's World War One. It was a little bit. Yeah, still <laughs> young Nazis with blue eyes. Oh. You're kind of like, hmm. Oh, come on, come on. They weren't. They were. They the were. second thing then is all oh, these are sweet kids, and uh, you know you think of your own boys, and you just like I don't know. But 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 uh, I, it, it took us three nights. Jack and I watched it together, and it's uh, it's really wonderful. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I was I was cool. sort of like, eh, it's a little war porn, and then that speech that like. Like the recruiter guy gives to the young man at the very beginning, I was like, wow, this is how you do it. This is how you get like 17 and 18 year old kids to mark yeah. off to the slaughterhouse. I still feel that, and maybe this is just me, but I still feel we need lighter lighter TV. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been watching Lego Masters. Let me tell like, you about light TV. Like T, there's too much insanity in the world right now yeah. that, that you want to escape a little bit, right? Lego Masters. Like, what? Are you watching Peripheral on Amazon? I'm not watching that. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, we're, we're, Some we're, stars over there. We're, and Yellowstone's coming back. Season five of Yellowstone's coming back. That's not light. Huh? That's not light. Oh, but it's a great show. Yeah, but Lego Masters. Let me, let me plug that again and again. That is, that's a show you can sit down with. I don't know what with. that is. It's, it's Will Arnett, and it's like Top Chef, but with Legos. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's really good. I doubt it. <laughs> it's really good to watch with a five-year-old what here here yellowstone is a fascinating show because if you look at the writing and the stories they're insane like the the folks that live in that part of town in montana don't talk that way they're all very poetic for some reason they're all very which i and i by the way taylor sheridan don't change anything it's still fantastic <laughs> I suspect, and then, but every few minutes they show one of these beautiful vistas of just the forest and the horse running, and I think that's why we're all watching it. It's just a beautiful state, and it just feels so nice to be out in it. Well, you, you, and then I also like, I also like tough guys who don't abide by the rules and just, you know, let us go over and kill them. <laughs> and then they get away with it. Well, but do, you, do you remember the show Deadwood? Yeah. And it was very, like, very flowery, poetic language with a lot of cussing. But, but there was too much mud. There was a lot of mud. But <laughs> but the, the, um, uh, who, who wrote that? It was... Um, uh, uh, yeah. David Mills. Mills, yeah. And, and he was saying that people actually did speak in that manner, overly poetic, because the world was so ugly. And they didn't have art. They didn't have music. They had they had their language to rely on to like beautify their surroundings. David Milch is a genius uh, genius showrunner and writer. Uh, NYPD Blue was yeah. one of his shows. Yeah, um, I mean Deadwood's as good as shows get. I love that. Not as good as NYPD Blue, but I the stories of him as a writer are hilarious. He he's you know battled addiction on and off, and I think most notably during NYPD Blue, and he would you know you're burning candles at both ends, which means you're unprepared a lot, and you'd hear these stories that he would walk on. You know you've got maybe a week to shoot an episode. I don't know what they were doing, but he would walk on to the set. His actors would be assembled, and he would go, uh, "Okay, uh, Dennis Franz, uh, uh, say this." Ready? Say that line. Okay. And then you, <laughs> you would just start dictating a story out. And it was, if you, you know, you don't have to, even if you don't know anything about television, that's just madness. Right, right, For right. the actors and for the network and everyone else. And uh, I notably, and maybe I'm remembering this story wrong, but forgive me if I am. He, they they won Emmys that year for right. the best written drama, right. and he's just you know probably high as a kite dictating episodes 
and making everybody crazy. And that's that's the level of genius that guy is. That even when he was uh, a mess, right? So, he could yeah. still get it done. Yeah, he could still get it done. I I just cool. didn't like the mud. That's all. Oh, oh that's all I was saying. Didn't mind the mud. You would say that. Um, <laughs> at long last, Tesla Cybertruck is finally in sight. When you stop laughing, I'll continue, everyone. <clears throat> Go ahead. Keep laughing. That's right. The EV maker plans to start mass production of its eagerly anticipated all-electric pickup truck in late 2023, according to a report from Reuters that's two years later than originally planned. But we have a feeling those who have already reserved the vehicle are just glad to know it's coming. I want to believe this. I am, a, I, I'm a, as you know, a very big fan of Tesla, and uh, there are a lot of folks out there and I'm talking about Matt Ferrer especially, who are out there saying this won't happen. And they have good reason to be a little skeptical because they've been, it's late, right? How late is it? Do you, do you know? In terms of years, very. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's over two what? years. It's, it's, it's two years it, late. Yeah, because we saw that prototype, uh, which actually was at the Art Center show a couple weeks ago. But we saw that before the pandemic. I mean, it's it's been a while. Right. Um, we've been waiting for full self-driving that's never so, arrived. Yeah, so, yeah. so, Johnny, yeah. do you think... We will see the Cybertruck next year. Um, I don't know about the end of twenty three, but we'll see the Cybertruck. The reason I think, if you, I read that same Reuters article, and they had a little tidbit in there. And I think it was from the article. Maybe somebody told me this, but the company that makes the the press that stamps the body panels, yep, they've like signed off finally on the mechanism that'll produce the truck. And so that's a big deal. That, that's been the whole holdup with the thing. Because, like, you know, technologically, they know how to make electric vehicles. The, right. the, the trick of that truck is the way the body's stamped out. In the, in the, 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 they're, not, they're, um, they're not doing, like, uh, multiple panels. It's just, like, one piece of steel that's bent in a certain way. Wow. Very tricky to do. It should, should keep costs down. Um, but anyways, to hear that, like the, the third party that's like, you know, been the bottleneck, I suppose, uh, they've signed off on, I think means we will see it. Look, if they say the end of 23, you'll probably see in the middle of 24. They're just notoriously late on every single thing. And there's probably some wacky feature it does that Musk is insisting on, like, you know, like with the, the Model X, it, it, not only were the Falcon doors a nightmare, but the real holdup of the Model X was the, the middle seats, right? Middle seats are on a single post. That delayed the thing like 18 months. And it was because Musk has big feet and he wanted to be able to sit in the third row and not have his feet hit like the bottom of the seat. So he wanted these single posts and that made the vehicle 500 pounds heavier than it had to be because they do all this insane floor bracing to make the single post seats work. And like, you know, uh, he went on record. He said like, you know, if I, if I would have known, I never would have like mandated that. It could have had regular second row seats, but <laughs> that was the holdup. So there might be something like that in the Cybertruck. We don't don't know you what. think he'll be busy uh, burning Twitter down? <laughs> I think he already busy. burnt it down. That was quick. <laughs> Did you hear about that? Half of uh, the staff was laid off yeah, Friday night. Yeah. I think including Matt Ferrer's wife. Oh, really? I think she was over there. I, th- I thought I saw something of, of him on oh. media talking about that. Oh, that but. sucks. It's, yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, does he have time for all this stuff? I, I, uh, I would knows. doubt that he does. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, last time I talked to Mr. Musk was he was telling us. Have you met him? Yeah, a bunch of times. Um, he was telling us that uh, this is probably 2017 or so. Um, we were at SpaceX and he was like, yeah, I do. I do three days at SpaceX a week and two days at um uh, Tesla, and I spend one day with my family, and I sleep on Sundays. That was what he told us. Um, which, <laughs> okay. 
Um, well, but, then our friend Franz von Holshausen. Yeah, Franz. Yeah, he'll he'll take care of it. Why don't they just Why don't they just make that guy the head of the company? Because he's a designer. Right? <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, I think he could run the whole deal. Sure, designers can run companies. Absolutely. He's designed all yeah. of their cars. He designed yeah. the Cybertruck. He's the guy. He's the man. Why not uh, take the controversy out of that uh, out of that car company and put Franz in charge? And I mean, you, you, you want me to make a move? You should tweet it right now to Elon. <laughs> <laughs> there he'll is no he'll Twitter's gone. It's disappeared. He'll charge you eight bucks. It's really fun to watch Twitter evaporate. Like social media can uh, a site can just evaporate overnight, right? Uh, look at MySpace. We, we we're not even sure what happened to that one after uh, our friend Rupert bought it. Um, right, right. But this is uh, a really fascinating experiment to just have a look at. Yeah, and I, I little insider. Are you? Oh, I was just gonna say. I heard that when, when the Rivian came out, yes, they uh, Tesla took a look at what the Rivian was capable of and said, "Oh, we gotta we gotta do four motors. We can't get away with three. We got ah. you know." So they and he quickly announced that they're gonna do a four motor version of the Cybertruck. I get that sense too when I, after driving that Mercedes that there's you know oh there's real competition. There's real competition out there. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. and then you know, look the Lightning. Is, is a big hit already, and there are, you know, ninety hundred thousand dollars versions of it. Yeah. And, like, you know, you don't have the hassle of, like, you know, trying to find a Tesla you know, store and all that. You can just go to any Ford dealer and grab one. Easy to get serviced. So it's, like, it's got, it's got to be a home-run product. What happens, though, when he uh, wastes $44 billion at, at Twitter? <laughs> it just evaporates and turns into air. Then he only has two hundred billion left. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing about right. Like, yeah, but what happens to Tesla? I'm not forget about Elon Musk. I'm trying not to be political. Here. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, is yeah. Tesla going to be okay? I yeah. like Tesla, the company. I'm, yeah, I'm a Tesla they, fan. They seem to be pretty solid, as far as I can tell. I mean, look, they 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 make and sell a lot of cars, and that's like it or not, that's the key to the car business. Like, do, right. do you move a lot of product? Yes, you're gonna you're gonna be okay. Hmm. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and to consider, let's talk about instead uh, Fitbot. Hey. Building a workout routine shouldn't take hours of research, and keeping things challenging shouldn't mean buying even more gear. The Fitbot app creates a workout routine that adapts as you improve and uses the equipment you already have so you can reach the next level without burning through all your free time or cash. And look, we all did this. I did this. When the pandemic started, you started working out at home and you bought all this stupid crap and dumbbells and exercise bikes and they're still up there. Well, guess what? Now get your FitBot app and work that stuff into your exercise program. Save some fees at the gym. You really can get a good workout there. Also, you add tennis in there. Add tennis right to your FitBot app. The cardio. Um... And it works. I'm using it right now to keep track of uh, what I'm doing. As you've seen, my body fat, I'm down to 4% body fat, which is why I'm always, um, that's why I'm wearing uh, down jackets all the time <laughs> when it's 69 degrees and I'm freezing. It's because, oh, I just dropped again. I'm 3% body fat. In another week, I will be dead. Uh, whether you've been missing gym time or you've hit a plateau, a fresh start has never been easier. The app switches up your exercise to avoid overtraining or burnout, and your program changes based on your personal progress for maximized results. A full year of FitBot is less than the cost of a single session with a personal trainer. You can also attest to that. <laughs> um, 
I use all of it, though. I work my trainer right into the FitBot app. I, I, I do all of it now. Uh, join FitBot today and build a routine that grows with you without slimming down your wallet. Get 25% off your uh, subscription and try the app free at FitBot.me slash Spike911. FitBot.me slash Spike911. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Spike911. I do. I have my trainer, Steve. 4% I've got tennis. Um, the lowest I've ever gotten... And uh, this was, I was part of Equinox uh, at one point and there was a fitness challenge and I, and I thought, and I had never really trained at all in my life. And I was like, I, I'm going to win the fitness challenge. This is a really dumb thing to try with Steve. Um, so in West Hollywood, I had to had the, uh, lose the most body fat percentage wise. And uh, I won and then lost on a technicality to a fat guy. <laughs> I won, and oh, I got oh, right, down right. to eleven point four percent body fat, okay, there we, which for yeah. me was far enough. And I, no lie, I was freezing at night, summer or winter, it didn't yeah. matter. You, yeah, yeah. You're shivering, and people are going, "Are you okay? <laughs> you don't look right." <laughs> but I loved it. It was, and it was hard. It, it took a long time to That's do, and, and really, it was uh, it was uh, shooting. When it, I was doing a lot of shooting in front of an audience, so that was burning the most calories. Um, my trainer, though, he's down. He is four percent. His head's been four percent body fat. That's it is pretty wild. wild. I don't know See, how he does my, it. My fitness challenges are always like, all right, let's rip a deck of cards in half. That's very challenging. <laughs> no, the hardest thing you can do is try to lower your body fat percentage. That's crazy. That really is because you plateau constantly. Oh yeah, you sure, try sure, different sure. things, and yeah. then you can't. You, you eat a lot, but you can't eat the things that you like. So it. Uh, yeah, when I lost. 30 pounds last year it was i just stopped eating and just the weight went away and then i put it all back so it was, it was great that's not how they do it it was not how you do it but no but but, but it worked i mean for for a month I was you do good. you buy a fitbot app that's okay. one thing you do okay you uh eat a lot of chicken and a lot of brown rice a lot of egg whites a lot of vegetables you can have a steak every once in a while it's it's a lot of that stuff and you drink a ton of water yeah tons and tons yeah. and tons i, I just i just uh you know 1,500 calories a day, <clears throat> took 30 pounds right off. Um, also but not gotta, sustainable. I got to thank my friends at Feldmar Watch, too, by the way. Uh, Scott Feldmar Watch did a great repair on uh, this guy right here. What is Hoyer. this guy? What is this guy? It's my uh, it's my Hoyer. Ah. It's my special edition Hoyer and uh, new watch. Nice, But nice. Uh, they did great work on it. I just got back, got it perfect. Now it's keeping time. I wasn't wearing it for a couple of days. Put it back on. Time was still working. Oh, the it best was, feeling! Yeah, it had been losing uh, three hours a day. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> not good. No, not good no. for a new watch. No, like you put it on at eight in the morning, and somehow at the end of the day, it's nine in the morning. It was like that, and that that becomes a thing when you rely on watches and you switch watches, and one of them doesn't keep the accurate time. It's a that's a I. It's a good story, and I can't tell it today. But Feldmar Watch in Hollywood saved the day, okay. and Scott, who runs it, is really, really an amazing guy. Yet another one one of these great uh, watch people out there. We have lots of, uh, we have a great watch family here. The Bob's watch family is great. The Hodinkee folks are fantastic. Uh, my friend Ken at Wanna Buy a Watch. It's, uh, everybody has their moment of victory here. It's just like the car thing. You find someone to do one thing that no one else can do and they will step up occasionally. And, uh, That's it's, good. and uh, there's more to that story and hopefully I can tell you about it later. But right now, mm. um, what do we got? The Letterman YouTube channel, David Letterman's YouTube channel, which is uh, uh, new, I think maybe a year old. Uh, they called me up and they said, do you want to come by and do uh, staff picks video from your five years on the show? 
and set up some clips. And I said, of course, it was a very special uh, time in my life and a fantastic job. And uh, Barbara Gaines, who was, uh, I guess, you know, there was Morty who was running the show. And then there was Barbara Gaines, who was really the heart and soul of the show, both at NBC and CBS. And let me ask you real quick before sure. we get to her. Hey, go for so shut this up. YouTube channel, is it old clip? Or is it old content? Or yes. Is it mostly new stuff? It's everything. Everything. Everything from the NBC shows, oh, everything wow. from the CBS shows. Were you there for both NBC and CBS? Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Wow. And Walter Kim, uh, everybody's favorite uh, staffer, they're still working with Dave. They're putting together uh, great content. Uh, these videos are fantastic. They're doing really well. And uh, I said, as long as you're here, why don't you come on the show? Let me interview you for 20 minutes, uh, at, which was hard. Everybody is so humble on that show. But uh, but Barbara said, all right, I'll sit there and I'll do it. And we had a wonderful time reminiscing um, they, these guys managed to make me look great in this video. I don't know how. Like <laughs> after, like I, I said, I called them both and I said, I, "This is the best thing I've shot in ten years." I don't know how you made me look good. I did it in Zuckerman's garage, so you can see the cars. But but no, you know, all joking aside, you guys did a great job making this video and making me look good. You make, you know, if I ever do it again, I'm going to have you guys produce me. <laughs> um, anyway, here's my interview with Barbara Gaines. Barbara. Hello. It's so good to see you again. It's amazing to see you too. When Mike. is the last time that I saw you? I um. Ninety five. Yeah, I don't know. It's been <laughs> thirty years. But I mean, you look exactly the same. So do you. How how is that happening? Well, that, that's not true. I think maybe you know it's funny when you leave Letterman, you always have a couple of years where you get to come to the Emmy dinner. So I may have seen you in ninety six, and then ninety seven. And then not never after again. that. Yeah, and then never again. Right. But you are, are you the longest? Uh, have you been, had you I, been with Dave? You were yeah, there for the I morning show. Yeah, I was there show. from 1980 until 2015. Wow. So yes. the very first morning show. Yeah. What and was, I, I kept, you know, getting promoted because I wouldn't leave. What was the morning show like? That's the part of the Letterman history I probably know the least. That was... Really, you know, it, it was a character show because I think Fred Silverman said we should be a family. So Meryl had her friends on. It, it was crazy. Meryl Marco. Oh, Meryl Marco. And what time did it come on? I think 10 o'clock in the morning, 90 minutes live. 90 minutes live, 10 in the morning. What time did you show up in the morning? Six. Six. I, I started as the receptionist <laughs> and became the production assistant. You did? Yeah. That's my trajectory. That's oh. well. I went intern, receptionist, production. Wow! Look at that. And people would call and say, "Why are they doing so?" And I'd be like, "I'm upstairs. They're in the <laughs> studio. There's nothing I could do about it." So this was supposed to be this kind of after today show, entertainment comedy show, and yes. it and it didn't. How, how long after launching did you guys get the sense that it wasn't working? <laughs> well, the, the entire show lasted 18 weeks. We got canceled. I think we found out we were canceled. How did we found out? Not because the network came to us, but I think, you know, we heard about it somehow, and I don't remember how now. You know, like, I think Meryl read it somewhere. It was just in a newspaper. Yes. Wow. And and, and, uh, was that, I imagine, very disheartening and depressing for Dave? Yeah. Yeah. I think he thought probably after that he was done, and then 
they gave him a holding deal and he came back a year later with late night. So right away they said, look, we're, we were wrong with this format. Did, did, do you guys pitch the format or did NBC come to you and go, Hey Dave, we want to put you on at 10 in the morning. Yeah, that I don't know. You know, I was only 23 and I was happy to get the gig. Yeah. Well, that rarely happens. Then after shows cancel, they say, but we, you know, we're keeping you and we're going to find a place for you. Right. And then a year later, they say, how would you like a new hour after Carson? Yes. So we went on at 1230, uh, February 1982. Wow. And did you have to do the whole affiliate tour, all the small business uh, stations, groups to get them on board? Dave would do satellite hookups all the time. Right. Hi, W652. Right, w- right. <laughs> but did he have to win them over? Because I even went back when, and, and you know, when I was doing late night at Fox in 2006, I still had to get the time back from the affiliates, right? You had to go meet with these guys and say, hey, this is what we're doing. And would you be willing to give us the midnight hour on Fox? Right. So he had to go around and, and shake hands and right. be a politician. Hi, Betty. Hi, Jim. <laughs> but he did it over a satellite. Yeah. I mean, I'm, he probably went too. You know, I, I honestly, I'm sorry. I don't remember. Yeah. How big of a star was he at that point? Or was he just, this, the, you know, one of the bigger stand-up? You know, he had filled in for Carson a lot, but I don't think he was well known, which is why we were able to go out into the street and do all kinds of stuff without people knowing that it was Dave. Right, right. So then he gets into uh, 1230 at NBC, and that's where television changes forever. Um, That first year, these are all questions I've been dying to ask. Dave and you, just what was the first year like? Did you know you really had something or were you guys just creating something new and hoping it would find an audience? I mean, it really felt like there was young people took over the studio. I mean, we had Meryl Marco, Tom Gamble, Max Pross, George Meyer, Andy Breckman, I mean, you know, great writers, Dave. It, it was just, we, it felt like we could do whatever we wanted, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, NBC was... Always, always over our shoulder, which also added a little. They were. We were bad. So would they give you notes? They didn't give us notes, but there was always that thing of um, compliances. You know, we couldn't say certain things. (laughs) And then also Johnny Carson, we couldn't do certain things. What do you mean? Well, we couldn't do what he was doing. Like Dave couldn't do a full monologue. We couldn't have, um, you know, Bob Hope couldn't be our guest. That was a Carson guest, that kind of thing. Wow, so 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 you couldn't do a monologue. That's beca- why he only did four jokes. But he still came out to the monologue mark. Right, but, but he didn't do a full set, you know, 16 I see, set. I see. And, and more often than not, these jokes were just spun out of thin air and not really based on current events, right? Yeah, they were, exactly. Yeah, that's the stuff I loved. That's the stuff I loved. Do you, why do you suppose that note was given? Do you think that was Johnny just saying, I don't want to have that competition, or is that NBC... Yeah, uh, I, I mean, and Carson owned ha- uh, a piece of the show. I don't know. I don't know if they wanted it to be different or mm-hmm. Carson, right, didn't want the younger competition. Then I don't know. What else? But it, was, it ended up being good for us because it made our show different. Yeah, you had to think outside the, the, the normal lanes, and that's what made it so inspired. What, what else did they say you couldn't do? Um, I know it was, I, what's her name who was on Carson's show all the time? Like a, a, a woman who was on always. The um, producer? No, a, a guest. A guest. Well, there were a lot of women. Yeah. Was it Charo? <laughs> no, but it was something like that. Like, you can't have Charo. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Because that's our guest. Um, ah. Uh, even though these were on different coasts at the time. 
Yes. You can't double book with our show. That you know, kind of makes sense that yes. there was an, a, a, a higher A-level tier at 1130. I wish I could think it was, a, you know, it's a typical name. Not Terry think. Gar. No. No. Because that was our guest. Jane Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the kind of thing like, oh, we, we wouldn't do that anyway. Wow. That's incredible. So, so you, you, you had to kind of work in a different area and you've got all these guys. Um, I can't imagine some of the comedy I remember seeing in college. I can't even imagine a network noting at all. Were they ever in a creative space giving notes saying, no, Hey, I don't, I, I don't, you know, and of course I was only 23 and a production assistant. So yeah, there, yeah. there could have been a lot going on that I had no idea about. Right. Right. I was just, yay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm working in TV. And you've got most of the future Simpsons writing staff working there. Exactly. I mean, at the time, you know, when you mentioned Tom Gamble and Max Pross, they're the guys who have, who pretty much got me and made me comedy writers. They brought me into something called Army Man with George Meyer. Oh, sure. Uh, they they encouraged me to do a second submission to Dave uh, when I got hired on the second one. And then they brought me into Letterman and had me do two submissions there and I got hired. Yeah, they're, um, they're great funny guys. Yeah, without them. And it's funny, I was just talking about them this morning about something we're going to try to do with them. They're still there. They're at the Simpsons, still working, still, still being funny. It. Well, um, boy, I could talk all day about old Letterman. I'm excited about this because, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of comedy entertainment history with this show. And you have started with Walter Kim, who's wow. over there. Hi, Walter. A YouTube channel. Yes. Called Letterman. That's right. And it's got a check. <laughs> what is the plan? I'm so excited about this. Um, this is pretty exciting. I didn't know it would be as exciting as it is, really. Walter Kim has done an amazing job putting this YouTube channel together. It looks beautiful. It has clips from the morning show, late night, and late show. You know, we're, we're just started. We started on the 40th anniversary on February 2nd, so we only have 215 clips up, but it's going to grow and grow and grow. And we're going to have original uh, content. We've uh, done staff favorite moments with Tom and Max, with George, wow. with Meryl, with me. Um, with me, with, with we just Spike. we just recorded one of those. And th and Dave Dave's at the top of this pyramid, right? It's it's you and Dave and well, Walter I mean, and Dave. Um, it's really I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. It's all Walter. I mean, Dave doesn't approve or disapprove, but he's hangs out in the office sometimes and says, hey, <laughs> well, you have let's an do office. this. Who's paying for the office? <laughs> Worldwide yeah. Pants. It's yeah. Dave's production company. Yes. Awesome. And are we going to see new content with Dave? Yeah, I think so, a little bit. Wow. That's exciting. As I mentioned earlier, um, I think that's the only thing being watched in my home right now is YouTube. <laughs> Aside from me watching Yellowstone and that weirdness. The only thing that uh, is being watched is YouTube. And, and you know, why, why do you need anything else? Like, this is a very exciting development for the Letterman brand. Well, um, and, and where do you get these clips? Like, where do morning show clips exist? Does Dave have them? Um, his company has them. And it's, the late night is slowly being digitized from NBC. I see. Late show we have. Right. Um, and Dave owned the morning show. Oh, he did? Yeah. Did he own Late Night? No. He didn't. That's why we're waiting. We only have, I think, up to 1985 so right. far. Right. 
So do you have to get permission from NBC to lay this stuff out, or do you have to, to, to share something? You do. Yes. You're doing, but they're not holding you up. No. That's great. Fantastic. You're looking over at Walter. And I'm, I, I can't see what he's doing, but he's probably going, stop talking about this. I'm telling you, it's, you know, Walter <laughs> designed it. He did everything. I'm basically the person who, who uh, looks at the clip. Walter sends me a clip and I go, yeah, great. I'm so excited about it because I, you know, I, I think about it all the time. You know, f- I, I was just on the show for five years. But there's so much stuff that that I wrote or I I saw, you know, the writers I loved write. And I just I really want to go back and watch those shows because we were cranking out five shows a week and we would just burn all day writing and viewer mail at the end of the week. And there's so much stuff I've forgotten about and I want to relive. There's five years of it. Right. right? And and people are going to see, you know, uh, with fresh eyes. Yeah, and I, I love that Dave's legacy now has a place to live. Yeah. You know, 30 years, 33 years. Yeah. And it'll be there, I guess, forever? I think. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I see, I guess nothing's forever, but it'll be there a long time. I think of MySpace right now, and I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you didn't launch on MySpace. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. So things like that. You know, I, can I ask you some more questions? You know, I left the show in 95 when, and, and we made that transition to CBS. And my last week was in London, in the London shows. Um, but I thought a lot about when the show ended, what that last week was like. And I don't know much about that. Tell us, like, you know, as you're winding down those last five shows, what's going on there? Yeah, You know, people kept saying to me, are you thinking about what's next? Are you? And I was just thinking about doing those five shows. And I was working on the the last show montage. um, Oh, that was yours? Yeah. Wow. Which was very similar to when I put my son's bar mitzvah montage together. Um, In what way? You know, just... Emotional. In in the... In my son, it was 13 years of photos, and this, it was 30 years of photos, because we took freeze frames from the show and ran it to the Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and were people packing up? I mean, I, I know you're thinking about your next gig, but this, I mean, that's a family at that point. You know, you're I, I in mean, Dave's family. I had family. boxes in my office from late night that I hadn't unpacked yet. Wow. So, I, I, and would never unpack. Yeah. So, yeah, people were, were packing up. It was... It really kind of took me a year to realize, oh, wait, I don't work anymore. Yeah. No, I know. I read, uh, Walter, you're not here on mic, but I read your piece in Forbes about what that last week was life. And I, and I like, and I saw this photograph of the Ed Sullivan being taken apart. That is really, it kind of wrecked me. It's just the fleeting nature of television, how this, this, this iconic force of nature can be there one moment and then it just goes poof. Yeah, that felt horrible to come in, I think the next day and they were ripping the set out. And I know on Broadway that happens, they're very (laughs) used to it happens all the time, but we were there for 20 years. 20 years and they said, you have to be out in two days. Yeah, get out. That is the brutality of entertainment right yes. there, right in that moment. And, yeah, that uh, was a little painful. It's Yeah, but that's what we signed up for. I, on this show, I compare it a lot to professional racing. Like, you can have these glorious moments and then these unbelievable wrecks. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? You just get slammed. And when I saw that this morning, boy, that really, it really kind of threw me. It really threw me. Well, I'm excited about this. 
The channel is called Letterman. Uh, you guys can check it out on YouTube. Um, you're going to see me on it soon, uh, talking about my favorite clips. They asked for like four, and I, I they stopped me at 10, and I could have <laughs> gone to 100. Uh, there are so many, as you guys have heard many times before. This is really the show and the and the crew um, that inspired me to, to be in TV. I used to watch you guys. You know, They'd show you, Barbara. They'd show the interns, and I, I, I used to say, I want to be like them. That seems like a great job. And uh, magically, somehow I made it there. Do you remember me at all there? What was I like when I was a writer? I see my memories of me are, God, what a horrible guy I was. I was a pain in the ass. I remember. <laughs> who doesn't remember a guy named Spike? <laughs> but did I behave okay? <laughs> yes, I remember you as behaving okay. Yeah, yeah. You're lying right now. No, no I'm not. No. It was fun. It really was fun. What, what, what is that movie, My Favorite Year? Those yeah. were my favorite years, those years at 30 Rock. Those and I, I, I was fascinated that you had a, a brother named Wally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually remember that. You, yeah, he's now, uh, he's doing SNL and does Seth right. and Fallon. He's still there. He's still living the dream at 30 Rock. <laughs> That's living the dream. Is it, is it his company now? It is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, it used to belong to Kevin Kay, who right. was Dave's uh, cue card guy. And now Kevin's son, uh, it, Dylan, and my son Jack are best friends. And we that's... live a few doors away from each other. Yeah. Life is amazing, isn't we it? We were on a school uh, first day orientation, uh, uh, kindergarten. And I'm looking around at the dopey parents, go, and I'm in hell. They're right. all finance <laughs> people. And I'm like, oh, God. And I look across, and there's Kevin Kay. And I went, yes. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I was on the hood of his car on New Year's Eve in 1995 with Adam Sandler. Oh, I'm going to be just fine. I, I don't understand that story. <laughs> that but, was a wow. lot of drunkenness yes. is what it was. A lot of drunkenness. Um, well, good. Congratulations. Walter, congratulations. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you for inviting me um, to record with you guys. And uh, go check out the new Letterman channel on YouTube um, at the beginning of what's going to be a monumental content uh, creation. Thanks, Mike. Well, there it is. Good stuff. You learned a lot. I did. Um, I'll post a link again to the video on YouTube or you can just go to the Letterman channel on YouTube and look for Spike Ferriston staff picks. I hope you enjoyed my picks. The only thing they left out, there's one, there's one little thing they left out of the video. One little thing. Uh -oh. It's, uh, it's the part where I said, uh, cause early on what drew me to the show and I said it was really the, the weird comedy and there was a tribute to our armed forces where, uh, Lori Diamond, Dave's assistant and some other majorettes came out dancing and then a giant hot dog came out dancing <laughs> with them and then everybody applauded and Dave said, really a touching tribute, but Paul, Paul, why, uh, why, why was the giant hot dog there? And Paul said, uh, I don't know. I thought that was your idea. You, and he goes, no, it wasn't my idea. Who's? And the hot dog gets nervous and then runs down the hallway and then they have to shoot it. And then you see mustard <laughs> drop in front of the lens. I don't know why that piece didn't make it into this video, but uh, that's why I chose that one. Um, and that's what, that's what really what got me into comedy writing was that almost that joke and the rat in the satin gown. I said... I can't believe people are getting paid for this. Yeah. Um, that's our episode for today, ladies hey. and gentlemen. It's a good one. Um, you should know, Johnny, and I, and, uh, and I know we've talked about this before. I've made a little progress with the studio. 
this the Spikes Car Radio studio. Oh, I've oh, been, I've been talking oh. to someone. Ooh. There's no news to report yet, but about where we might build this so that we have video when we want to have video. I don't know what we'll do with that video, if that's going to be given away to YouTube or if that's going to be in some sort of sc- subscription service or what. I don't know. I don't have that plan yet, but the space plan is uh, in motion. Um, do you know where? Santa Monica. Oh, okay. Oh, Historic that, home. That fills me with uh, <laughs> commuting. <laughs> well, it's not as far away as Matt's studio, uh, <laughs> which is really far. It's actually, for me, the cinematic is further. No, no, it's not. Oh, it is. No, it's It's, a it's easy ride. for me to get to Matt. Oh, no, no, no. You're just imagining things. <laughs> We're going to have flying cars soon, Johnny. You That's just, true. You just fly right okay. in. When we do, when we do uh, Spike's helicopter radio, I'll be very happy. It'll be fantastic. And like I said, I don't think we'll do it every time, but I think when we have uh, bigger stars on the show... Not that you're not a big star, but I mean actual no, celebrities, yeah, yeah, yeah. or we have the Bosch guy come in, or yeah, Titus. <laughs> we'll have we'll do some video. It'll be fun. It'll be fantastic. And get people can get a look at Zuckerman. <laughs> Just what they all want. <laughs> Stop um, looking at my kid. There's also talk. Uh, our friends at Dynasty Typewriter at the Hayworth Theater in downtown LA would like us to come and do a live show down there. Uh, that would be fun. That would involve buying tickets Ooh. and. Uh, but but they did they do this with podcasts they do it with comedians I know Patton Oswalt is down there and they have other comedians down there and they they really love our show and think Dear Zuckerman Live would be fun and some sort of live <laughs> event where we're not sitting out in the sun and being yelled at by a bunch of uh, <laughs> Lufka cult fans uh, would be better I mean, and I, I can tell everyone listening that Dear Zuckerman Live is the funniest thing oh it's super Just fun his face when you start saying like <laughs> there's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to wrap my head around, uh, you know, do folks want to really pay to come see it? I, I don't know. But maybe. Yeah. Maybe they do. Maybe they won't. If we did it, we would just try to cover expenses for yeah, the yeah. theater and not really try to gouge everybody. Um, and then, you know, I didn't mention this earlier, but I got a I got a low oil. Put oil in the GT3 signal. We have 2,000 miles on our touring, and it said needs oil. We and have uh, on that GT4RS out there, it's like 2,700 miles, and we had to put oil in yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, brought it down to Beverly Hills. I was going to do it myself, but you know, if you overfill, uh, yeah, it, you get another signal that says, now you screwed yourself. You put too much oil in, right? So right. I, I brought it down to uh, Eric uh, Tatino. Tatino. <laughs> I call him Tatino. <laughs> Tatino. Tostitos. Yeah. And uh, he said, bring it down and we'll do it right because you'll blow it, Spike. And I said, you're right, I will. And talk to the tech down there, Matthew. And I said, tell me what's going on with these cars. And he, he's, uh, it was very interesting. He said, these new GT3s, new GT cars, take less oil than the Target. He pointed to a 992 Target in front of him. He said, it's about eight liters or quarts. Uh, I forget what he said. Quartz, yeah. Uh, uh, versus four in the GT3. And I said, why? He said, it has to do with uh, getting the horsepower up. Okay. Um, which I, I said, how does that work? And then he started explaining and yeah. I stopped listening. I vaguely understand what he's saying. I vaguely understand. He goes, yeah. the long and the short of it is we've been getting folks who are driving their cars hard, GT3s, uh, topping off their oil at about a thousand miles. And, you know, for you and your touring, you're driving it regularly. It's about 2,000 miles. And then replacing the oil, I forget. I think he said five. You want to do a full replacement on it. Um, but he said, here, watch. Uh, it's not going to take that much. So we opened up the uh, 0W40. And uh, 
he he poured it like he was putting you know vanilla to make whipped cream, right, like right, little right. dashes of bitters into soda water, and we ended up using, I would say a quarter of a quart, maybe a third, and then you know it takes two minutes. You have a little uh, instrument panel button you can push. Right. The yeah. car is off. Right. The car's no, the car was idling, I think. It should be idling because the scavenger pump's gonna move the oil Correct. around. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a and dry it pounds down two minutes yeah. and then it, it pops right up into the middle. Um but it just took next to nothing. And he said just take the quart every time it does it, every two thousand miles, just pour in that much and that should do the trick. That's funny because we were up on top of Angeles Crest yesterday and uh we got a low oil thing. And so we had to run into town to get oil. And I was like, get a couple quarts, you know, and, and then we're looking at somebody, not me, was smart enough to look at the owner's manual. Right. And it says, actually, the difference between low and full is 0.8 quarts. And I was like, come on. They're like, that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, we somehow figured out what 0.8 is, put it in and it's been fine. So. Yeah. So don't panic. GT3 don't panic. drivers. Just, and, and oil's cheap. Oil's cheap. Yeah. And really, you know, you don't have to bring it into the dealer. Go no. go to go to mobile. Get the, get the zero W forty. Fill it. <laughs> no, because <laughs> what's expensive is not filling it. <laughs> Running that in. Yeah, no. You have to. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is, put in a quarter of a quart. Yeah, uh, there's a little side marker there. Put in a little bit and then run the test again. Because odds are that's going to be enough. That's going to be enough. And when you overdo it, then you are bringing it to the dealer. Unless you want to pull the plugs yourself. And deal don't with that want mess, to do that. Which a, you don't. No, no. Want to do. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. So there you go. Let me just make sure we got to all of the things we're talking about. Is that everything? Let's see. Day after election, the United (laughs) States on fire. We talked about that. Uh, I didn't talk about uh, all the insanity on next door I'm a part of, but it's fun. I'm having a good time there. Oh, yeah. And and you got a quick, quick bite you can Uh, share? A quick hit? A quick hit? A quick hit. Yeah, one of my comments was deleted for being unfair to Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect way to end the show. <laughs> Remember when we had the Nazis on the overpasses a few yes, weeks ago here yes, and they were dropping yes. stuff in Brentwood? They like liked, literal Nazis, yeah. the real ones. The, like the yeah, oh, yeah, the Kanye guys. guys. Yeah. They were up there. Yeah. And I made some comment about them being low IQ virgins. And I got warned that I'm going to get kicked off of uh, next door for, for <laughs> that's not fair to Nazis says wow. next door. Really? You got to be fair to Nazis. Really? And I said, all right. Well, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'll, I'll post the little, this, uh, this is like how Twitter is now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Again, I'm Twitter's exciting to me. I, 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 when something's on fire, it's really fun to watch it. Like I you're like, you would never pay for a blue check. Would you? Me? Yeah. No, I, ha- I have a blue check. Me too. Now it's gone and I don't care. It did disappear. Mine's gone. Yeah. Come on. I think mine's gone. All right. This is the last thing we're going to do in okay. this show. I'm going to check, check mine. Twitter. I feel live, like mine was gone. Right I looked last now. Night. No, I got mine. There it is. You still have yours. I don't think it started yet. How do you how do you find that page? Oh, you hit yourself. Twitter. Nope, mine's gone. Oh no, no, mine's gone. Look. No, hit profile. Uh-huh. Oh, I still have it. You I still, still have it. it. Yeah, oh, it's okay. on the eighth. Oh. So again, I think that's <laughs> <laughs> the day everything melts down. Are you paying? Yeah, that's $8? Tuesday. <laughs> that is. It's election day. Are you going to pay eight dollars? 
No, of course not. Okay, good. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't have much action on Twitter. Nothing really goes on there for me. I, I like reading it for news. That's about it. You know, it's funny because I, I started, it was all car stuff. And then just, you know, after after uh, <clears throat> President Trump, I just got very political and everyone hates me. And it's it's I, it's just, it's, it's not about Trump. Why they it's hate just, you, it's <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> I started commenting politically. They hate you yes, I know why for other reasons. Me. I know why they hate me. I'm just saying everyone now hates me. <laughs> but don't, I mean, it. The funniest thing about Elon <laughs> buying it is it really exposed it was about to die on its own. Like, and then he got trapped into buying it. It really was falling apart. They they didn't have a, a viable business there anyways. And now, you know, how does it? It's not going to work. I mean, how many how many people have to pay eight dollars a month to make forty four billion make sense? I mean, but if you're, I mean, just with respect to cars, do you yeah. ever? I mean, there's not much. Uh, I think I, uh, you know, Hannah at Bloomberg, I, I catch some of her stuff uh, every once in a while. Farrah will tweet, good. tweet good something yeah. interesting there, and there's some interesting car news. That's, a, that's about kind of, it. That's kind of, I mean, look, I do I do everything on Instagram now. Um, I, you I, know, I, that's next, I, right? I got, yeah, I know. But I got, I got off Facebook completely. It was just like, forget about it. And again, I was just doing Twitter for like political news, but it's just gotten so, everything's so horrible. Just, I, I just. But where, there's no place to go. You can, you could, you could go to TikTok, but don't you feel like that's kids? That's play, just, the playground equipment. I just feel that's the Chinese government knowing your pin for your. Bed. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I uh, I, I, what are they going to do with that? I, <laughs> I don't know, Get ExpressVPN. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Yeah, well all said. Right. Well said. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Spikes Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.